Unearthing Paranormalcy is part of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange And welcome to another episode of Unearthing Paranormalcy, the podcast that digs into the paranormal and tries to find normalcy in the topic. I am Amy. I'm Dave. I'm Chad. <laughs> and, and that ain't Amy. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it's a good day. It's a good day or good night or good night or good evening or whatever. It's 8, 8, 8.36. Whenever you happen to be <laughs> listening to this. We're recording at 8.36 on Saturday, Stop! (laughs) We're recording at 8.36 on Saturday the 25th. And with that, Eli update. He was supposed to be moved into his rehab center today, but that got delayed until Monday, which I figured it would because they seem to have a really hard time getting him moved. Yeah. This is like the third or fourth attempt to move him where it gets canceled the day of. Yeah. Yikes. Um, but he's doing good. He has had his trach removed. He his has dialysis report removed. His dialysis, dialysis port has been removed. He got up and walked to the shower, took a shower, and then walked back to the bed. And that's the first walking I think he's done other than in PT. So For, Yeah, in two months. And that's pretty darn good. Um, saw some pictures of him. He's lost a lot of weight. Um, but... I mean, he's been on a feeding tube for two months. He was eating a burger in the picture that I saw. So he's actually eating food again. So yay, Eli. Hopefully we'll have him back soon enough. Um, Before we start this episode, I'm going to play you a trailer from Luxacult. Hey there, Luxa here, host of Lux Cult, a podcast where we gleefully taunt the mundane, butcher the Latin and most other languages, and also discuss variety of occult topics. Exploring the intersection of science, magic, art, and philosophy through the lens of chaos, it's occultism for everyone. Lux Cult features interviews with badass authors, artists, and magicians of all walks and experience levels, as well as audiomantic nonsense, cut-up poetry, bibliomancy breaks, and so much more. Don't miss the special two-part episode where Dave and I talk about his path of druidry and go into some of the botany of the plants represented by the Oum alphabet. Also, hear Dave read a guided meditation for the Green Mushroom Project, which is a large-scale group working focused on building connection and regaining ground that you can be a part of. You can hear Lexicall on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. So tune in and join us for the ride. I love Luxa. She's got some awesome shows. She interviews some really interesting people too she does in fact i'm on the lineup to be interviewed Ooh. and i'm super interesting right yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> um so this week 
This is going to be the official start of the spooky season. Um, This episode will release on the 30th of September. So, I mean, Halloween's only... It's Halloween Eve. Yeah. The whole month of September is Halloween Eve. Yes, exactly. So it's only, what, 31 days until we get to spook it up. Speaking of, we're going to be doing a Facebook Live on Halloween night. Like we did last year, we'll introduce some divination. Um, I would say it's probably going to start around 10 o'clock central time, like it did last year. Nice. That allows our kiddos some time to trick-or-treat and come home and Unwind. wind down a little bit. Uh, we will be in costume. I have started collecting items for my costume. Uh, <laughs> but it'll be fun, so make sure to join our Facebook group so you can watch us live, do some divination, uh, get your questions ready. I'm not sure what forms of divination we'll have that night. Um, I'm sure we'll have pendulum and some other ones, but uh, it'll just be a fun, spooky night and maybe do a little ghost box exercise. Oh. Uh, we've been messing around with the, our ghost box and we've been getting some pretty awesome stuff here lately. So hopefully Halloween we get some really good stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so for this episode, we are going to do some t- our 25 original stories of spooky things. So it's like the origins of spookiness. And I'm going to pass the mic over to Dave and let him fill our brains with super interesting information. Actually, I have my own mic. <laughs> but let's start with jack-o'-lanterns. The name jack-o'-lantern comes from an Irish myth in which a man called Stingy Jack tricks the devil and ends up condemned to walk the earth, unable to get into heaven or hell. And according to the tale, the original lantern was a carved-out turnip Jack used to light his way as he wandered in the dark. When Irish immigrants brought this story to America, they discovered that pumpkins, native to their new home, made an even spookier candle holder. Jack-o'-lanterns are awesome. We did some pretty awesome ones last year. Problem is, is it was too hot and they rotted so So fast. fast. And that just makes them look even creepier. They did for a while until they started, you know, flying. Or flying. (laughs) Smelling. (laughs) That'd be pretty creepy, too, if they started (laughs) flying. Then growing mushrooms. (laughs) They started smelling and attracting flies. Like, it all came in when I bring it at once, and it just, they started flying. They started flying. (laughs) That would be freaking awesome. (laughs) Uh, Greatest haunted house ever. (laughs) In fact, it was our son's first time carving pumpkins. I haven't carved a pumpkin in, like, ten years. Well, we'll have to get some pumpkins and carve some pumpkins one one Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Pumpkin patch should be opening soon. We can go pick out yeah. some pumpkins and at the pumpkin patch. The pumpkin king. It's also a good time to go to the Orr family farm because they got it all set up with like spooky decorations. Uh, but corn mazes and pumpkins and hay rides and all that fun stuff. Oh yeah. Do they still do a zombie night there? Probably. I don't know. I'm sure know. they do. Well, I don't know. The last couple of years have been a little different this year around Halloween. So Because they used to take people on a tractor <clears throat> with like paint bu- paintball guns mounted to it. Yeah. And they da 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 onto the fields where the zombies were walking up to them. Our daughter is now old enough to go to some of the haunted houses, too. 
have to find a babysitter for the young one and take her to go to like the haunted woods or something like that. Yeah. I'll do it because <laughs> I, I, I punch too many things. <laughs> All I right. Don't, I don't like going to haunted houses because, yeah, I've been kicked out of one. And <laughs> the only thing I did was hug the, the guy that was supposed to be jumping out and scaring me because I thought it was the group I was with and I just kind of grabbed onto him as we were walking through like a dark <laughs> shed. And then he flashed his flashlight in his face and then pointed with the flashlight to the exit for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Didn't punch anybody. But yeah, I have the fight or flight response as a fight. Mine's closed my eyes. So <laughs> I got lost in the house. <laughs> Ooh, you're all big and strong. Where do I go? To hell. <laughs> So what's your next origin? Zombies. Zombie. 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 The flesh-eating creatures of movies galore are Haitian in origin. Animated corpses raised by voodoo priests called bokers. Once reanimated, the zombies would remain under the control of the boker and do their bidding. The creatures first entered widespread popular culture in the 1929 book, The Magic Island, by William Seabrook, and three years later in the film White Zombie. Though our modern zombies have come to be associated more with plagues and viruses than sorcery. sorcery. I like the origin better. I, w- I would be getting into some voodoo practices so I can... Uh animate some zombies to do some work for me. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I need my yard mode. Hey, I need the trash taken out. <laughs> uh, my favorite zombie movie is probably Fido. Fido yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. And my favorite zombie TV show. Say so mine's still Shaun of the Dead. That's a good one too. Yeah. My, uh... I still like The Walking Dead. Walking Dead was good up until the last few seasons, but That's debatable. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to. Th- What's the movie where like he's a zombie but he has a conscience? Um, uh, I know what you're talking about. It's got the kid. Yeah, like it's about like he falls in love. Yeah, and, yeah. That's a good one too. Like it's cheesy and stupid, but it's entertaining. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it's a pretty good one. Oh, there's a lot of really good zombie movies out there that aren't just gory. Yeah. And I think that's what I like most about like Fido in that movie is I mean it's not just about killing zombies it's the zombies have a purpose slaves right and fido yeah well some of them are family members and pets all i know is like i have a zombie apocalypse plan in my head already but it depends on the zombies yeah if we get like walking dead zombies yeah okay but if we get like Resident Evil or uh, 28 days later (laughs) or the ones that can freaking climb up walls and jump it's like superhumans and stuff like that yeah i'm just gonna shoot myself yeah i'm just gonna end it but if it's walking dead zombies or something like that or Shaun of the dead zombies like yeah i think i can handle it for a while well you remember when the cdc came out with the zombie plan a few years back okay the cdc like released this zombie apocalypse plan um and it was a way to test 
basically for what's happening now, virus outbreaks. Um, apparently it didn't work, but <clears throat> around that time there was this article that was released about why zombies couldn't exist. And it was really interesting because it was talking about, you know, the body starts to decompose within hours of death and they wouldn't last long enough to, you know, as they, the older they were, the less they'd be able to do, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> it was an interesting article, but. Interesting. I got a scary fact. In 1915, Dr. D.K. Briggs of Blackville, South Carolina, declared 30-year-old Essie Dunbar dead after an apparent epilepsy attack. She was buried the following morning, but her sister in the neighboring town couldn't get there until after the coffin had been lowered into the ground. When she arrived, she asked the ministers to dig up the coffin so she could see her sister one last time. When the screws were removed and the coffin opened, Essie sat up and smiled at her sister. She went on to live another 47 years. Jesus. Although many people believed her, to be a zombie. <laughs> well, I mean, they used to bury people with bells attached to their graves and their mausoleums. In case because they were to there be was, buried alive because yeah. they weren't smart enough to actually figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's true. It, it happens quite a bit. Like, I was actually, <laughs> I've been kind of on this, like, what is it, Life in the ER show on TLC. Yeah. Kind of been watching that a lot here lately. <clears throat> And there have been there was one case that he he declared her dead, and then a couple hours later the nurse comes back and like um she's got a heartbeat. Woke up was fine as could be afterwards. Yeah. Even well, with a couple of hours without breathing, without a heartbeat. It was like <laughs> Nikki Six, the bass player from Montley Carew. He OD'd. He's died legally died twice yeah and for like one thing the first time was like 14 minutes and then his heart started again yeah like they can pronounce you dead without you actually being dead yeah when i was in the army there was a sergeant that woke up in the morgue yeah he'd been shot like a whole bunch of this was in war and he woke up in the morgue and was like walking around like where the fuck is everybody (laughs) Then it's like it is like walking. We yeah. wake up and you're like, uh, "Where is everybody?" Yeah. <laughs> One full of holes. <laughs> Crystal balls. Crystal balls may have been described by Pliny the Elder in the first century. In one chapter of his Natural History, he discusses magic performed with water, balls, and all sorts of other tools. Some scholars have associated these practices with the Druids, which Pliny also discusses. It's said that Druids would employ a procedure known as scrying, in which they stared into the reflective surfaces of mirrors, water, and crystals to gain insight. See, I too dabble in magic with my balls. (laughs) Oh, different kind of magic, though. Divination by reading the lines on the testicles. (laughs) (laughs) this is your lifeline this is (laughs) why is it all so small Um. (laughs) Um, i got two crystal balls right up there i like my crystal balls i've tried to sit there and like i can't do shit with them i just like them yeah yeah i i 
all I see in them is a reflection. I like to see through it and everything. Yeah. Like it it takes a lot of training to be able to focus yeah. in on something for that long of a time. And my brain doesn't let me to do that, allow me I to have do that. ADD. I can't do that shit. Yeah. Cuz people expect like Wizard of Oz type effects, but that really only comes into play if you stare at it for 15, 20 minutes or so. Yeah, I can't do that. I'm not I am not disciplined enough to do that. You can I mean, people work up to it. Yeah. I mean, I have issues meditating because I can't sit there long enough to do, actually get into a meditation, meditative state. <clears throat> I do a lot of uh, guided meditations because it's easier for me to meditate on things when I have somebody telling me what to do next <laughs> instead of having to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Because then that's when I get sidetracked and that's when I, like, my brain starts to wander. So what is next on the list of spooky origins? Mummies. Mummy. Mummy. Mum. 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 Mama. Mama. Mummy. Mum. Mummy. Mum. Mum. That's my life, Chad. Mum. <laughs> Mummy. Mummy. Mum. Mama. What? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> In ancient Egypt, mummification was a type of body preservation thought to be developed by people looking to mimic the way the desert kept bodies from decaying. As the popularity of all things Egyptian skyrocketed in Europe during the 19th century, the mummy and its supposed curse became a standard horror trope, appearing in stories by authors such as Bram Stoker, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, and even Louisa May Alcott. Oh, mummy. I miss the old Brendan Fraser. Yeah. He's coming back in some other stuff here recently. Yeah. Um, I really loved the mummy when it first came out. Uh, I don't know. Mummies have never been scary to me. I've always found them fascinating. Yeah. But I guess that's also because I... Got it like a huge heart on for archaeology. <laughs> you had a heart on for the mummies. That's cool. <laughs> That's got a name, Chad. <laughs> um, well, I remember when we went to Chicago to the yeah the, the Egyptian exhibit. The, they had an Egyptian exhibit at the museum, and that was the first time I ever saw real mummies, and it was actually really freaking cool. Yeah. Um, I say our history museum doesn't have that kind of. Well, it didn't back then. I don't know what they have. Oh now. no, I was gonna go to it yesterday and decided not to. Why would they put a mummy in the museum? Haven't they seen no at the museum? It's just gonna come to life. That would be so cool. If that happened. I would be a museum night watchman for <laughs> life. <laughs> mm. Friday the 13th. So so many of us fear the number 13. And there's a word for it. Trixodecophobia. The superstitions surrounding Friday the 13th, however, are less concrete. One theory traces it to the Last Supper, allegedly attended by 12 apostles in Jesus, and the fact that the crucifixion allegedly took place on a Friday. The combined fear of Fridays and the number 13, however, didn't really take hold until the early 20th century, when Thomas Lawson published a book called Friday the 13th. 
I personally have always had relatively good luck on Friday the 13th. Yeah, me too. Um, <clears throat> weird shit happens on Friday the 13th, but it's never been like negative for me. Um, but, uh, you know, like when we had our haunted hospitals, uh, Annalise was talking about the fact that people try to get off work on those days because they don't want to work Friday the 13th. Yeah. So. 13th one of my favorite numbers, yeah. so I'm not worried about it. Like, I'm, I'm not scared of it. I'm spooky-ooky weird, so 13 and Friday the 13th just, they work for me. <laughs> it's all about perspective. You just say it's going to be a good day, and it's going to be a good day. So if you expect it to be a bad day, you're putting that energy out yeah. there, gonna and you're going to have a bad day. day. That's why most Mondays suck for everybody, because most people think, oh, Monday. Well, you got that in your head when you well, wake up. because Garfield was right. True. But Mondays do suck. <laughs> I, I always go into Mondays going, okay, today's going to be a good day. Today's going to be a good day. Ten minutes into work. Today fucking sucks. <laughs> That's kind of how mine goes, too. Like, oh, all right. God, how many more hours of this shit do I have? Oh, fuck. <laughs> like, is it Friday yet? Oh, shit. It's only 9.30 on Monday. <laughs> Trolls. Those are those cute dolls that have the jewels in their belly and the funky hair. Hair up. <laughs> Trolls come... <Ass> out. <laughs> Trolls come from Norse mythology and are prevalent in folklore throughout Scandinavia. They generally live in caves or around other rocky formations and can either be giant or quite small. Paleoanthropologists like Bjorn Curtin have argued that the troll mythos comes from passed-down tales of when our Cro-Magnon ancestors met Neanderthals thousands of years ago. I was going to say, I wonder if that could tie into just the way Neanderthals looked. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah, I could see that. Um, Honestly, I didn't even start thinking about that until you started, before you got to that part, <laughs> but we were like, trolls, and I was like, trying to think how realistic, and I was like, could it just be like big people? And mm-hmm. I was like, wait a second, Neanderthals with like the uh, wide noses and kind of ugly looking. Yeah. Also one of the best worst horror movies ever. Trolls too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to eat her. Then they're going to eat me. Oh my god. <laughs> Dios mío. <laughs> All right, the headless horseman. In Irish legends, the Dúlahan is a frightening being indeed. Sitting upon a horse, the man rides with his head held high in his hand so that, may he, so, the, so that he may scan his surroundings. If that wasn't creepy enough, don't worry. The Dullahan also carries a whip made out of a human spine. Be careful if he stops and says your name. You'll die instantly. No, no. <laughs> Uh, there's lots of really awesome movies the, and I stories. I say Sleepy Hollow is probably my favorite uh, interpretation of the Headless Horseman. Yeah. And then there's a uh, oh, there's a TV show. Um, Are you afraid the dark? Had a really awesome Headless Horseman episode. Yeah. Um, What's the TV show? Uh, I can't remember. Sleepy Hollow. 
It might be, actually. <laughs> That's Where he's like a detective too. kind of thing. Yeah, I think with, so. Yeah, okay, yeah. Ichabod Crane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We suck again. I had a roly-poly po- roly named Ichabod. Yeah. He's Ichabod the Ice Pod. Oh, my goodness. That is a good name for an Ice Pod. <laughs> <laughs> he also had like 40 brothers and sisters, all with I names. <laughs> had like Inez and Ida and Ian. <laughs> and Isaac. <laughs> Ichabod. <laughs> it's the only one she actually knew. Because it, it, it just worked so well. Yeah, I had them all in a little jar on my desk for a long time. <laughs> Does it work? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> What's that smell? It's just oh, Ichabod. I oh, it, don't clean. worry. It's just my wood lice. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? <laughs> What about Bigfoot? Bigfoot is a large, furry, ape-like creature that predominantly lives in the mountains and forests of the Pacific Northwest. Mom? In case you never heard of him. <laughs> though he also, though he has also been spotted throughout the rest of North America. While many Bigfoot sightings are said to be hoaxes, it's believed that Bigfoot shares an origin story with other similar creatures, like the abominable Snowman. Humans, it turns out, have a tendency to make up giant, wild, ape-like creatures that live at the edges of civilization. Similar creatures are found in the First Nations myths of British Columbia, where some say the Sasquatch was a figure meant to keep children from misbehaving. It's interesting to me how it states that they have a tendency to make up ape-like creatures that live on the outside edges of civilizations but a lot of the countries and continents that bigfoot's in there are no monkeys or apes or i guess like at least in north america we don't have any native primates other than humans we did but Uh, they're extinct now i guess guess we did have like gigantopithecus and all that stuff no we even had we covered in our devil monkey episode there was a type of baboon or something like that that was native to north america True. I guess I forgot about that, but just still, still not something common. Like, com- yeah, common enough to be like, "There's a hairy monkey man," and they're like, "What's a monkey?" <laughs> well, I think the right. fact for me that just makes me feel like, of course, I mean, I want Bigfoot to be real because you know, because then you will I, find your. I people. resemble one, so. Uh, <laughs> but just the fact that all the, of course, before like the film, even before like the films and stuff came out of them, but. All the testimonies seem very similar in what they were describing. Yeah. And always, I always put more evidence, like, I guess I feel more comfortable in believing when the evidence or the witness testimonies and stuff are just so much, are so identical. And well, if all of the same cryptids. Like the same with Mothman, too. That's why, because all the descriptions are mm-hmm. the same. Well, with so. all of the cryptids, to me, Bigfoot for sure. Is probably the most likely. Yeah, you know what I I'd mean. Say so just with the broad range of locations and all the sightings and everything like that, if any of the cryptids that we have covered have are are a hundred percent real, Bigfoot's most likely. Now I prefer the sightings that you see like prior to nineteen sixty, where they were feathery and stuff, like the one that I read. Well, where they were like they didn't have hair on their chest yeah. and stuff. They were more like. They had a hair pattern more like a gorilla. 
Yeah. Yeah. And this was even before gorillas were discovered. Yeah. Because gorillas were also a, um, a cryptid until, I can't remember the exact year. There was something I read the other day about there's a new cryptid that they think they've actually discovered the creature. I can't remember what it was. And it was one that I'd never heard of. Some lake monster thing. but Oklahoma octopus. <laughs> if they ever drag an octopus out of Oklahoma, I will be very shocked. Because, <laughs> um, yeah. But then again... Anything could live under Thunderbird and you would never know it because yeah. you can't see more than like three inches into the water. <laughs> okay. Um, I looked it up. Gorillas were discovered on October 17th, 1902. So almost 120 years ago. <laughs> Their scientific name. Is Gorilla, Gorilla, Gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> I can remember that one. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> uh, gorilla, what was their scientific name? Oh, what was the scientific name it for was Gorilla? A gorilla, Gorilla, um, Gorilla, what? Uh, gorilla, Gorilla. Uh, oh, man, I can't remember what. <laughs> yes, you're right. Huh? <laughs> but if you want to learn more about Bigfoot, should totally check out our episode with Grognostics over Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah, I found a Bigfoot once. <laughs> <laughs> that was our first collaboration with him. Yes, it was. Yeah, we need to do another one soon. We do, Steve, Jason, hit us up. What you got? We're ready to do a cl- collab. It's almost Christmas time. We could extend our Rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> the remix. <laughs> Next up is vampires. Vampire. Vampires entered modern society through the publication of John Polidori's The Vampire in 1819 and Bram Stoker's Dracula in 1897. Though vampire-like creatures are present in the mythologies of many cultures, it was literature that began to shape their traits into the iconic ones we know today. The vampires of Eastern Europe, for example, were not pale and thin, but ruddy and bloated. Did they spikle? Now, when we did our vampires episode, we traced their origins and their whole evolution from the early 1800s up to, like, the modern day then. Yeah. Well, what I find interesting, too, with vampires is, like, it's evolved so much now that now they are actually, like, the history of vampires and a lot of shows and things like that, they talk about how... um, Vampires are the ones that told us all those things mm-hmm. about them so that we wouldn't really be have a clue how to identify them or how to protect ourselves. They released all the, the garlic and the crucifixes and the What was that line I said in there that vampires reflect the culture of the time? Yeah. Through their mythology. Which is interesting because they have no reflection. <laughs> It's almost like I chose those words <laughs> on purpose. Favorite vampire thing right now is... Um, things that we do in the dark? Yeah, things we do in the dark on Hulu. <laughs> so yeah. Good. So I funny. That show. My favorite episode so far, which I'm only on the first season, is the when the uh, emotional vampire and the... Um, There's the... 
the psychic vampire, psychic and vampire, and the emotional vampire date. <laughs> oh man, that's, that one's funny. Well, <clears throat> I'm on season three now. Although I have stopped watching it because I want to collect a whole bunch of episodes so that I can binge it. Yeah. Because I've become spoiled to streaming services that <laughs> allow me to binge a season. Yep. So now I'm waiting for a few for a few more episodes to come out so I can sit and watch them through. Because I watched the first one, and then I waited and I watched the second one. You know, like yeah, like I don't like doing this. <laughs> so now I'm waiting for more to come out, but. It's taking an interesting turn by th- season three, and it's still as good as season one. So, we just watched uh, Van Helsing the other night. We we've started our Halloween movie watching, and I haven't seen that movie in a long time. We watched it with the kids, and I I hadn't seen it in a long time, and I was like, I forgot how good of a movie that is. That's yeah. a really good movie. Yeah. Um, was it the newer Dracula? I mean, it's probably new. It's five years old or whatever. <laughs> But that was a good one, too. Um, honestly, when it comes to Draculas, my favorite Dracula is Dracula Dead and Loving It. <laughs> it's good to be dead. Th- that's the best of all of the Draculas. But It's me, <laughs> Count Keanu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Back when they were going to cast Keanu Reeves and was it Dracula 2000 or whatever? <laughs> it's like I could just say that. It's me, Count Keanu. I mean, Count Dracula. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> But we also have a whole episode on um, Van vampires. Mm-hmm. So they go check out where I dig into real life vampires. I remember that. Next up, trick or treating. Trick or treat. Smell, smell my, my feet. feet. Give, Give me something, something good to eat. eat. If you don't, I don't care. I'll pull down your underwear. <laughs> Mumming or going around the neighborhood in costume and saying specific lines in exchange for food has been a staple of certain holidays since the Middle Ages. I'll suck you off. <laughs> <laughs> Ding dong. What do you want? <laughs> this custom first applied to Halloween in 16th century Scotland, when it was called guising. The term trick-or-treat wasn't used until the 1930s, and is decidedly American. Um, I was watching Drunk History, and they had a whole... Of- part of about trick-or-treating and ha- modern day Halloween it was pretty interesting um, I my favorite part of Halloween used to be sitting and handing out candy like I just I just found it fun to see all the kids and all that stuff now I love to take my kids around and go trick-or-treating yeah. and <clears throat> yeah, I haven't been trick-or-treating in Two decades almost. <laughs> Last year, because you know it was all COVID out, we uh, <laughs> didn't like it's a verb <laughs> <laughs> or, or what is that? An adjective? Yeah. Oh, better put your jacket on. It's COVID outside. <laughs> and with your mask, it's COVID outside. Um, when the weather outside is COVID. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't really go trick or treating, but we did go to like grandma's house and we went to great grandma's house and the kids got to get the little treats from them and then we came back home um and then we set a table out at, in our we live in a cul-de-sac so we set a table out in the cul-de-sac with i made little goodie bags with candy and pencils and i think notebooks and stuff like that put them out there one got taken and I think that's the problem about living on a cul-de-sac is people just 
don't go down them anymore. You know, you would think like your neighborhood would be the perfect one just to like come and park, you know, on the edge of the street somewhere yeah. and just walk around the cul-de-sac yeah. and then get back in your car and go home. Like, I mean, what? There's easily <clears throat> 40 houses on this little street. Well, now, in the, in the about years, 50% of them have their lights on, but. Yeah, in the years that I've taken Kylie around it, fewer and fewer people have their lights on. Yeah. No. Well, trick-or-treating is definitely one of those things that's slowly phasing out. Yeah, it really is. Well, in a lot of towns now, uh, like, trunk-or-treat is the new thing. You know, like, the big thing. Or, like, our mall, or our city well, I think does a big thing at the mall. I think it's more people are scared to let their kids go door-to-door. Yeah. So they'd rather take them to a secure location like the mall or a big parking lot where they can keep, you know... Yeah. You're, everyone's close together, and you can keep an eye on them. And so where the mass shooters go. Yeah. 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 Get everybody hmm. grouped together. I don't know. I like to go around to the block. And but it's all covid in there. Exactly. <laughs> Get some fresh air, walk around. Now, there's... Yeah, I'm going to give out maskless hair for Halloween. And hide, <laughs> hide from the slua. Now, one thing about here, it is either... 90 degrees on Halloween. Or, or it's, it's raining and sleeting. Yeah, or it's, you know, negative five and it's freezing rain. Like, those are the two options on Halloween around here. So, it's really hard to pick the kids' costumes because it's like, are they going to be freezing or are they going to be sweaty? <laughs> it's like, huh, I should put this on them. And then it's like, well, they're going to be trick-or-treating in jackets and yeah. so you can't see their costume anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So it, get it's, them a mask. Layer them up. You got, you got to, like... Design the costume where you can layer up or layer down where ne- you need to. Like mm-hmm. it's it's there's a see my thing last thing year for Halloween do. is my costume was very hot. Yeah, mine was very comfortable, <laughs> and I was drenched in sweat halfway through that. Biggest problem I had with mine is uh, the the headpiece that I had on kept driving me nuts because it had little dangly beads yeah. that kept hitting my eyes. But this year. I'm going to go out. I even have to go to the eye doctor to get contacts so that I can wear a part of mine. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. I should do a video of me putting contacts in so everybody can laugh at me. <laughs> her eyes will fall, run away from her finger. <laughs> <laughs> Dad was watching me chase my eyeball around. <laughs> <laughs> Just put it on already. <laughs> Sorry, I can't do eye... Like, Touching her eyes. Touching my eyes. Oh, yeah. I can't even I do can't eye do drops. I suck at doing eye drops, too. I, I literally just close my eyes and then just pour it into the corner of my eye and then blink a lot. Because <laughs> I can't watch the drop come in. I got to just like... <laughs> I'm debating whether or not to try to get candy this year for trick-or-treating, but... There's just no one. I, a there's few years so I've been constru- home, no one ever comes over there anyway. There's so much construction. There's by only your house one this family year, with so. kids anyway. Yeah. And they're all pretty much grown to kids anyways. So. Yeah. We, I mean, ours has gotten fewer and fewer each year, but there are more kids in, on this block now than there have been in the past. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'll probably do goodie bags again. That worked out really well. And then our kids just, I just give them what we had left every once in a while. I'm like, here, here's a prize. Yeah, it's the exact same thing you got last time. Shut up. You got a prize. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have it before, did you? Nope. Then it's a prize. 
And also that way I don't eat as much of the candy because <laughs> I've been doing good. But we're now rolling around to food season. And I'm really nervous about this year between Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. It's a lot of really yummy foods that I are not no, on my diet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'll make it. I'll survive. <laughs> I'll just look up a whole bunch of keto Thanksgiving recipes. <laughs> Some cauliflower mashed potatoes. I'm just thinking of keto-friendly stuffing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually could probably use that keto bread that I have and actually probably make that. Yeah. Uh, that probably would be rather easy, actually. Um, yeah, it's wheat bread. So but uh, It works. But no, I, the one thing I am, I am sick and tired of people telling me that cauliflower stuff doesn't taste like cauliflower because I have yet to have anything cauliflower, imi- you know, imitation with cauliflower that doesn't taste like cauliflower. I've had a couple cauliflower pizzas that crust pizza that tastes good. But, like, they're small individual pizzas. Mm-hmm. I haven't done, like, the large ones or something like that. But. To me, they all taste like cauliflower, but and I digress. Let's get back into spooky stuff. Although cauliflower... <laughs> it's kind of spooky. Cauliflower is, what, the ghost of broccoli, so... <laughs> yeah, it's pretty spooky. <laughs> but not as spooky as the Kraken. The Kraken? Release the Kraken! According to Nordic folklore... The Kraken was a giant sea monster that could devour a ship and its entire crew in one swallow. All those seamen right down its maw. (laughs) (laughs) The legend likely has its encounters in sailors, encounters with giant squid. Reaching up to 60 feet in length, they might not be monsters, but they're pretty close. The only issue I have with that is the fact that the giant squid is a deep sea animal. They have caught them coming to the surface, though. Have they? Yeah. Like, most That's how we discovered it, is it came to the surface. I thought we discovered it. No, we that. finally filmed it. Oh, we filmed it. Okay. In deep sea, but we discovered it um, coming to the top. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's more believable. I haven't seen anything of all that much semen since my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, Chad, no. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, I guess I, I can see that. If they do come to the surface. But the Kraken. I'm trying to think of the best Kraken like, film. I mean, like a, I mean, I guess Pirates of the Caribbean's Kraken was actually an octopus. What um, about... Um, Wrath the Titans. Yeah, that was the one I was thinking of. Was, it wasn't too bad. It was pretty good. I'm trying to think. I can't think of many There's movies with Kraken. There's not a lot that I can think of either. I've honestly never seen any of the Pirates of the Caribbean, so I didn't know they had a Kraken. Yeah. I know. It's amazing to think that I haven't seen a movie, but... <gasps> what? I haven't seen that one. There's a lot of them out there. Yeah. It's like the Fast and the Furious. They just don't end for some reason. <laughs> they just keep going and getting stupider and stupider. And I've only ever seen the first one of those two. Well, it's about the where you need to stop. Fast and Furious 24, Micro Machine Edition. <laughs> Fast and Furious 17, Outer Space. Just kidding, that's actually Fast and Furious 9. Fast and, Furi- <laughs> Fast and Furious 96, the Geriatric Edition. They're all in little power ride scooters <laughs> going through the nursing home. <laughs> we had a teacher back in high school that had one of those little hover around things, and he would. He'd. Take those corners on like 
two wheels just <laughs> cruising through the hall. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Running people over. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a safety hazard. <laughs> it was. And you just get oh, out of my way. Like, watch out. Doctor Ann's coming. Nope, I would have just stopped letting him run me over and I'd sue that bastard. <laughs> we also had a, a school cop that was riding a bicycle through the school yeah. and he did yeah. the same thing. Who are you yeah. going to sue? The school? He went to Norman any. High after uh, North and he did the same thing and how he got in trouble for running over into running into a kid. Who are you going to sue? The school? They don't even have money for books. <laughs> <laughs> you still get money. I don't know where they get the money to give you, but... I'm not sure you get much out of the teacher themselves either. I know what Oklahoma teacher's I name. want his hover around. <laughs> <laughs> run his ass over. I demand compensation. <laughs> an eye for an eye. <laughs> ankle for an ankle. Oh, you're already missing one. Oh, I guess I got the only one you got left. <laughs> Should have watched where you were going. What do we got next? Flying broomsticks. I want one. Broomsticks became associated with flying because of witches' flying ointment, a potion made up of various hallucinogens like the fungus ergot that grows on rye. Since ingesting the ointment orally led to a host of unpleasant side effects, which is chasing a high supposedly began to administer it through, well, other areas. Apparently, it felt like flying. Hmm. The broomstick would be cool. Just flying broomstick, don't have to worry about traffic. Mm-hmm. That'd be nice. Yeah. Well, depends if it's going to be like the broomsticks from like Harry Potter or... Like the broomsticks from like Fantasia. I would like. I think being high on hallucinogens is funner. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I know. I, I get attacked by crowns. I think a hocus pocus and you know the vacuum cleaner and the mop. And the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, someone grab my swiffer. <laughs> there was a theory that the Salem witch trials was kicked off by ergot fungus on the wheat. It was like one of the most laziest explanations I've ever heard in my life. But some of the side effects are like that, like hysteria and things like that. Yeah. Which is what people are experiencing, like night terrors. and. Well, you know, there's also a whole lot of psychosis that starts becoming prevalent in teenage girls and boys, but teenage kids. And that's very possible, too, because, you know, they were teenagers that were accusing adults. So, maybe. Yeah. But I'd like a broomstick that I can fly on. I just want a broomstick that cleans the house for me. That'd be nice, too. Like a Fantasia. Yeah. Well, I Puts have... water in the well for you. I say, I okay. have a robot vac. So it technically does clean the house for me. Problem is, is it's... You got the dun to dun one. Yeah, it's called a, it's, it's called a D-bot. But it's more of a deep to D-bot. <laughs> we, we need to put Fantasia in our horror movie stack. Yeah. That's a good one to watch in the spooky season. Hmm? Yeah. I haven't seen Fantasia since I was little. I hated Fantasia. It's my least favorite. I, every time our music teacher would be gone, she'd give the sub Fantasia for us to watch. And I hated it. Hated it. Hated it. Hated it. It has such a good soundtrack. Like classical music. Just I don't know. I would have rather been singing or playing instruments in my music class than watching a movie about... Singing and dancing. So when we had subs, we just played Duck, Duck, Goose. And we watched Fantasia. We never made it all the way through. Because I think that's the thing, too. You never make it all the way through in a classroom setting. <laughs> well, the, the ending is one of the best parts of it. Never. I don't know if I've ever 
never seen the ending because well, I think I've only watched it at school. <laughs> well, maybe I'll pull it out and. Whoa, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> If you can get over your past. Let's see. The Loch Ness Monster. 350? <laughs> yeah, 350. Arguably the world's most famous sea monster. Nessie is said to inhabit Loch Ness in Scotland. Though the earliest sighting was reported in the 6th century and told of an Irish monk's encounter with a water beast. It was a 1934 photograph that was brought international attention to Loch Ness. Known as the Surgeon's Photograph after the London gynecologist who took it. The image has since been exposed as a hoax. Hoax, hoax, hoax. No, I believe in Nessie. It's also the same thing as Champ. Yep. There's an underground tunnel. Secret tunnel! From Loch Ness to Lake Champlain. Yep. And they just go back and forth and back and forth. You can find that out on our Nessie or Loch Ness. Uh-huh. Don't they also have a pug wedgie that surfs in the back? Or they have they have some other some yeah. other cryptid that surfs on its back as it crosses. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. <laughs> I don't remember either, but I remember us talking about it, but I can't remember which one it was. Or skis yeah. on its back, yeah, <laughs> as they because they both migrated back and forth to the same areas. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh yeah, I don't remember what it was though. So weird. <laughs> so weird. Oh, what's the one that had the big there? feet that went skiing down the mountains? Uh-huh. Uh, it was uh. that one. From our winter cryptids. Yeah. Oh, it's a it's a French cryptid that's kind of made its way to American French, yeah, like Canadian yeah. French communities. Yeah. <sighs> it was that one. The, the, the Babagazi. <laughs> yeah, the Babagazi. <laughs> that's what it is. The Babagazi. <laughs> need about tree fitty. But yeah, you should go check out our Loch Ness episode and know what we're talking about dragons yay for dragons against because cultures across the world have myths featuring dragons it's likely the beasts have their origin in a much more mundane creature one theory holds that dinosaur fossils like those of the stegosaurus were thought to be the remains of dragons anthropologist david e jones has another theory in his book An instinct for dragons. Jones argues that fear of large predators is inherent to the human mind. I don't know. For me, dragon... Well, I love dragons, and if I have to die... I want to be eaten by a dragon. I want to be eaten by a dragon. Me too. Um, Apparently, (laughs) we share a brain on our (laughs) wish list for death. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I don't know. Too many religions and mythologies all have dragons in them Mm -hmm. to make me think there were at least something around back then that they misconstrued as a dragon or whether they called the dragon, whether it not be like a large lizard or um, something like that that they were calling a dragon. But Yeah, there's something there. I know, like, I think we talked about it in our dragon episode. There are, um, there's some monks that have a Bone dragon bones hanging above their entryway, and one of them is actually just a whale rib. Yeah, you know. So, and there have been tales of whales that have been found inland, and all that stuff that the the corpse, the the skeletons of whales found inland, and how it's believed that they may have found these and thought that it was from a dragon creature or something. But yeah, did you ever see the one of the newer dinosaur fossils? It's like Draconia, something or another. It has like a Harry Potter name. 
I, I guess and no. I, I remember the article about it, but I don't remember it. Okay. I think I, I think we talked about it. You and I did. Yeah. Yeah, it's named after Draco Malfoy. Yeah. Well, probably because it's probably what shaped like a dragon somewhat. Yeah. That's what they call it that. I think so. Yeah. Mermaids and mermen. Mermaids. Merman. Half fish, half human. Mermaids exist in multiple mythologies as both beautiful maidens and frightening monsters. One of the earliest examples of such a hybrid are the Apkalu of Babylonian mythology. Sages associated with the god Ea, which were depicted as half man, half fish. I hope with the top half of a man, bottom half of the fish, would be really awkward the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> I believe Ea was, he sometimes depicted as fish headed. <laughs> Makes more sense that way to be able to breathe underwater. It does. I'm, I'm going to throw that out there. But it makes much more sense the other way as a sexy maiden. Mm-hmm. Ow. <laughs> well, you know, like the other theory is that sailors had been out on sea so long that when they saw manatees, they thought they were attractive women. That's debatable. But. I think a lot of it speaks to kind of the duality and the polarity and things. Yeah. Particularly between uh, land and sea, because yeah. you also got to think a lot of our ancestors associated the sea and its depths with monsters. Yeah. Like sea monsters, krakens, underwater dragons. Yeah. But if you want to know more about the mermaids, abyss. we have a whole episode on mermaids. We do. Next up, and y'all got to see this picture. That's great. <laughs> The Chupacabra. Hey, Chupacabra. Oi! In that picture. It looks, <laughs> it looks like a hamster with the giant bottom like thing. And it's looking at the camera like, you fucking caught me, man. <laughs> or I just bit my tongue. <laughs> I bit my tongue. I bit my tongue. <laughs> Hot food, hot, 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 hot. I got my bottom teeth in my nose. (laughs) The well-named chupacabra, which literally translates to goat Goat sucker, sucker. goes back to the 90s in Puerto Rico when eight sheep were found dead and entirely drained of blood. Since then, it has been a popular scapegoat (laughs) (laughs) whenever livestock are suspiciously harmed. And they don't want to blame the Satanists. (laughs) (laughs) Theories hold that mange-infected dogs and coyotes, not chupacabras, committed the actual mutilations. They were were-cows and were-goat and were-sheep. No. Um, (laughs) We got a whole (laughs) were-barnyard. Old McDonald had some wares. What is this, Skinwalker (laughs) Ranch? (laughs) (laughs) And on his farm, he had a were-cow. E-I-E-I-O. Were-cow here, were-cow there. (laughs) Everywhere, were-cow. Oh, yes. The Chupacabra has a great theme song. Chupacabra. But we have an awesome episode on the Chupacabra as well that you can go and check out. What is it? 
three er, a three mutant, foot three three, er, three foot mutant wing, wing chihuahua. chihuahua. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Chupacabra. All right. Magic wands. Bippity boppity boo. Ancient Egyptian practitioners of magic used metal or ivory wands decorated with images of deities. In Homer's The Odyssey, written in the 8th century BCE, the sorceress Circe turns men into pigs through the use of a magic wand. <laughs> Didn't have to go far, did she? <laughs> <laughs> You're all pigs. Uh, I have a magic wand. Remember that scene in Willow? Yeah. When she turns them all into pigs and the little brownies are little piglets. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a magic wand that Dave made me. It's very pretty. Oh, yeah. It's got it all engraved with different carvings. Ooh. I use it for ritual. Yeah, I got one, too, I carved. I've carved a few of them in my, in my time. I prefer to make them out of wood rather than ivory or metal. Yeah. Well, ivory is, you know. Really hard to get. Really hard to come by. and uh, Extremely unethical. Yeah. And metals, is, it's kind of hard to work with for me. Yeah. Unless it's lead and you don't want anything like that around. Next up, Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Mm, delicious. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. I did that once as a bet from Amy. Nothing happened. My daughter does it all the time. Or I do it while she's like in the bathroom and she can't. Yes, <laughs> I, I just hit myself in the face. That's why they call it the boom mic. <laughs> <laughs> it was falling off the table. I tried to fix it and smack right in the face. <laughs> anyway, when she's in the bathroom and she can't get up to, you know, get, <laughs> get me, lights. I'll flip the lights. Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. <laughs> I like to do it in my, in my car and the. Watch her in the rearview mirror, <laughs> trying to catch up. <laughs> so chanting Bloody Mary in front of the mirror of a dark bathroom is a sleepover tradition with debatable origins. The titular Mary could be English Queen Mary I, who accused many Protestants of hearsay and seared their fate. I said sealed their fate. <laughs> or I meant sealed their fate, but I said seared their fate, which both fit. <laughs> And that earned her the nickname Bloody Mary. Given the common name, however, it's possible Mary doesn't refer to anyone at all. She's scary, either way. And Scary Mary. Scary Mary had a lamb. <laughs> it was a were lamb. I was to say Mary Larry, quite contrary. <laughs> oh, yes, um... I grew up to Bloody Mary millions of times, mm -hmm. Candyman millions of times. Uh, it's definitely a sleepover staple. I believe you're only supposed to do it three. <laughs> Probably didn't work. Maybe. <laughs> uh, but, you know, of course. Million seems excessive. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see her, damn it. Of course, though, the first person who did it would always be like, I saw her. And then everybody else would follow. Now, there is something to staring at a mirror under dim light. Yeah. yeah. We did an episode about that, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. Yeah, we did a mirrors episode about that. And it doesn't take long before you see creepy stuff in a well, mirror yeah, we all, we, when it's During dark. that episode, we all took turns with the mirror with the little like, candlelight. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you start seeing your face starts to transform some weird shit. Yeah. So. 
But I have never seen Bloody Mary, and it's kind of disappointing. Which there was a, uh, a superstition for a long time. I think it was a Victorian one that you don't stare into a mirror at night under candlelight because you'll see the devil. Yeah. And I think it originates from <laughs> something like that. You're only seeing yourself. Whoa. You're only seeing the devil inside you. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> <laughs> We have been humming that all night long. <laughs> you guys don't even understand. <laughs> so next is the werewolf. Oh. Not the wind wolf. <laughs> who just tells you what time it is. Or the a werewolf, which is super into meditation. <laughs> but the regular werewolf, whether a human who shifts into a wolf or a human-wolf hybrid, was first mentioned in the Epic of Gilgamesh, which tells of a woman who turned a previous lover into a wolf. Another popular origin story is the Greek myth of Lycaon, whom Zeus turned into a wolf in a fit of rage. A synonym for werewolf is, of course, lycanthrope. We've done two episodes on werewolves. Or it's someone who just likes to rub... uh Rogaine on themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I did it right this time. I didn't say just for men. You had to correct yourself from episode five. Yeah. <laughs> I've been waiting the, this long to do it. With the dark horsemen. Yes. Yeah. Rubbing, yeah. The, rubbing, rubbing, the rubbing the oil, oil on themselves. Their skins and running naked through the woods, howling the moon. Yes. <laughs> yes, we've covered werewolves twice now. Mm-hmm. And I like werewolves, but I like werecows better. Yep. Werecows are where it's at. Banshees. Banshees? Mm-hmm. Banshee. You can no longer have cheese. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> These are female spirits from Irish mythology. Banshees foretell death by screaming or wailing. They can appear as young maidens or old hags and usually have unkempt hair and green or red clothing. Their name, Banshee, in Old Irish, literally means female fairy. Or female elf. Hmm. There's some pretty interesting stories about banshees. We haven't covered banshees. No, I think we, we talked haven't. about them in our Faye episode just a little bit. We did a little bit, yeah, but we haven't actually like dug into any banshee stories. Now we, when we were doing the um, battle of Moitora, and we were talking about the first time wailing and shrieking was heard in Ireland. Yeah. It was by the uh, by Briad, yeah, when her son was killed, and we made kind of maybe a connection to it then, yeah, because she was a she. <laughs> that has a whole new meaning nowadays. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> she was a she. <laughs> yeah, she. It's it's an Irish word. For, I, I know. Oh, okay. I know. Sorry. I know. <laughs> <laughs> she was actually a she. And I don't know how this is pronounced. Kodama? Kodama? Probably Kodama. Kodama are Japanese tree spirits. Kodama. And according to legend, they live in trees that are over 100 years old. In some stories, they reside in specific trees. But in others, they can move throughout the forest. Introduced to the West through the Studio Ghibli film, Princess Mononoke. Their legend goes further back. The Kojiki 
or Records of Ancient Matters, the oldest surviving Japanese book mentions something similar. Hmm. I wonder if the suicide forests in Japan oh. may be loaded with these. I don't know. The only actually any uh, insight I have to Kodama is honestly for Magic the Gathering. So of course, <laughs> I, I I don't know. It makes me think of Mother Willow from Pocahontas and um, the Giving Tree. Those two things popped yeah, in my head while you were reading tree. that. I think of like as like elementals. Just yeah. There's a lot in like tree elementals, or? Irish and European folklore, like dryads and yeah. trees and. Now I'm thinking of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And Wizard of Oz. So apparently <laughs> there's lots of um, pop culture references to spirit trees. Um, J.R.R. Tolkien, when he first read Macbeth, uh, there's something in Macbeth about like trees coming to life or tree spirits, but they don't come to life. So J.R.R. Tolkien said, you know what? The trees in my story are going to come to life and they're going to walk. Because everything walks in <laughs> my novels. <laughs> but I got a scary fact. Pine trees have proven they can grow inside the body. Russian doctors recently went into surgery to remove what they thought was a tumor. It turned out to be a fir tree growing inside a man's lungs. Wow. Wow. Well, he was getting oxygen. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good uh, symbiotic relationship right there. Doesn't have to depend on his, uh, what are they? I want to say areolas, but that's a nipple thing. What what is it? Uh, The things in our lungs that... Capillaries? It starts with an A. Airways? (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm not a doctor. We've talked about it with Eli and stuff, but I don't remember what it was. Anyway, it's been a long time since I took biology class, (laughs) and I don't remember words much. Words Words are thingies. Thingies in your lungs. It just helps them out. That was what I was going with. (laughs) Poltergeist. Poltergeist, which means noisy ghost in German is usually a spirit that haunts a person rather than a location. They usually express their anger through the disruption of the household, slamming doors, moving chairs, and other objects, and even pinching people. The first investigated cases of poltergeist happened in Scotland and England in the late 1600s and involved enchanted drums, beggars seeking revenge, and devil worship. Basically, poltergeists just um, have the mindset of a four-year-old. The famous movie, (laughs) however, didn't come out until 1982. Scary fact, the skeletons used in the pool scene were actual human skeletons. Scary fact, the little girl that plays Carrie Anne died on set. That's true. She died of... Blood poisoning. Yeah. We talked about that in our... Septic shock or something like that. Haunted movie sets episode. Right before they wrapped up number three and they had to use a body double to do like the last few scenes. Mm -hmm. Very sad. Uh But poltergeists are probably the most common ghost or hauntings you hear about. 
like a normal haunt, they don't, they're not as interactive as a poltergeist. Now in that movie, wasn't there a, um, there was a malfunction with the puppet as well. The clown puppet that Mm -hmm. actually choked the, the male child actor. Yeah. We've talked about that in the haunted sets episode. It's a lot of scary facts. For the poltergeist. Um, We even talked about poltergeist in our types of haunting episode back in the early days. We did. Um, Yeah, I mean, most of the haunting cases you're going to hear about are going to be poltergeist. Because those are the ones that really scare the shit out of people. Yeah. And they've been able to recreate poltergeist activity in like labs with like electromagnetic fields. Mm Mm-hmm. But that's not necessarily cause equals effect, no more than growing a a plant under a lamp says that the sun is just a light bulb. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> just because you could reproduce it doesn't mean that's exactly what causes it out in in nature. Yeah. So Because as we also just learned, you don't have to have light to grow a tree in your yeah. Lungs. <laughs> Zero light, and he was still growing a fern tree. Life always finds a way. It does. It's got to be a weird tree to put Christmas gifts under. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Bob, just go stand in the corner. We're going to decorate you. <laughs> I don't know if they celebrate Christmas in Russia, do they? Or do yeah, they yeah. celebrate Boxing Day? Uh, they probably do Christmas. I would assume they probably do Christmas because it's, I mean, largely Christian Mythology but, believers over yeah, there. Yeah, Christology. Christology. <laughs> <laughs> New atheism. <laughs> Christology. Eli's not here. I have to come up with something. <laughs> mark that one down. Christology. Check mark Amy. <laughs> Christology. <laughs> is that to believe? Is that like the study into crystals or uh, no? It's <laughs> Christian mythology. <laughs> it's the study and belief in Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Christology. I like it. <laughs> Most Christology is practiced at the plane station. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up is Dibbic. Ooh, Dibbic boxes are cool. These creep me out. <laughs> I want one, but I don't want no, one. You, you don't. know what I mean? Like, it's like I'd like to see one in action. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> but at the same time. I don't want to see it in action. There are some... I mean, of course, it's YouTube, so I don't know, you know, half the stuff on... Well, more than half the stuff on YouTube is fake. But there's one where a guy get, gets a, buys a dick box online, and he doesn't believe in this stuff, and so he breaks the seal and opens it. And then, like, instantly, like, things start getting thrown, like, falling off his mm-hmm. wall, and and he freaks out, and, like, he ran out of his apartment and wouldn't go back in without somebody there, and he... Packed everything up except for the Divic box and moved out. All right. <clears throat> Divic boxes will fall into the category with men in black and black eyed children. I would like to watch my Nate neighbors interact with them. Well, I stay far enough away <laughs> that I can see what's happening. But not I be just, a part. I just see Amy on the front porch watching it, and as soon as her neighbor starts to run into the street, Amy's like, oh, shit, 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 run, lock the door, lock the door, lock the door. 
<laughs> Neighbors frantically knocking on the door, like, no one's home. I can see you. You have your windows open. No one home. <laughs> so definitely don't send us one to P.O. Box 553, <laughs> Noble, Oklahoma, 73068. That one's going to Chad's house. <laughs> but a dibic. No, <laughs> We're just going to go put it on my neighbor's front door. We'll sit on the porch. <laughs> But a dibic is a malevolent spirit from Jewish mythology that possesses its human's host. The name comes from a Hebrew word meaning to cling. Said to be the soul of a dead person, the dibic first appeared in the 16th century literature before frightness in films like 2009's The Unborn and 2012's The Possession. With Jeffrey D. Morgan. That's right. Um, Amy knew something about a movie? I did. I've never seen the movie. Shocker! We we covered that on our cursed um, uh, movies as well. I also know a lot about Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I really like Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I did Um, his voice pretty good on that one. You did, yeah. yeah. But, um, no, I mean, there are some really awesome YouTube videos of Divot Boxes. Um, And... There's a lot of like, you know how there, there's those compilation YouTube videos yeah. with divot boxes. So you see a bunch of different ones in one video. Um, I, I really, it's it's one of those things. I don't know how much I believe in them. And that's one of the reasons why I would like to experience one. But then the other part of me goes, there's some shit that I don't want in my house. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it'd be something that like I open at a park and then I like sage the shit out of myself and now, go to somebody else's house, get out sage, and then hop back in my car and drive off real fast. <laughs> no, um, now, if I'm thinking right, even the props from the movie like were causing mm-hmm. like fires and things, so yeah. it really goes into like kind of the belief you put into this thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah even I'm, if it's just a prop. Yeah, it's one of those things. Like, part of me doubts them. And that's probably the part of me that would get me in trouble. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> so I don't doubt them. I'm just I'm assuming they're real and I don't want to touch one. Kind of like a talking board. Part of me doubts it. <laughs> and part of me believes. Yeah, I put Divic boxes up there with uh, dolls on things that just freak me out. I don't want anywhere near my house. And definitely don't send us any dolls to P.O. Box 5. <laughs> <laughs> Noble Oklahoma. 73068. <laughs> <laughs> Chad's got the jibbies over the divot box and the dolls. So like, it, someone's going to send us a doll with a divot box in his hands, <laughs> or divot box. Have you seen the dolls that are like divot boxes themselves? Kind of. Uh uh-uh. uh Like they stuff them full of like hair and teeth. Uh 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 uh. No 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 no. no. <laughs> you got to watch those videos, Chad. Those are those are creepy as hell too. <laughs> I got the shivers. He's got chills. <laughs> They're multiplying. And he's losing control. Because the power dolls supply. It's <laughs> electrified. Amy has been on Parody Central all day today. I have. Yeah. Boo. Y'all. The oldest record of the OED for the modern spelling of boo is found in the writings of two 18th century Scots, Gilbert Crocat and John Monroe, who said, 
it was, quote, used in north of Scotland to frighten crying children, unquote. (laughs) 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 Boo-hoo, you. Knock, knock. No one's home. Knock, knock. Check, get the door. No, you get the door. Ding dong. Who is it? Boo. You don't have to cry about it. Oh. I thought you were hitting us with the KGB one for a second. <laughs> How the, why did the chicken cross the road? To get to their side. To get to the idiot's house. Knock, knock. <laughs> <laughs> Razors in candy bars. <laughs> Razors in candy bars. I thought you just said razors and candy bars, and I was like... Huh? Yes. Okay. Poison candy, chocolate bars with needles inside, and even treats containing razor blades have been used to scare children around Halloween since the mid-1900s. All parents just wanting to keep candy for themselves. The myth gained traction through news segments, advice columns like Dear Abby, and word of mouth. The good news is that fear of candy tampering is almost entirely unfounded. Sociologist Joel Best investigated and discovered only instances of adults messing with candy to try to get money, or children doing the same for attention. I think we talked about that in our Halloween murders episode. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the only case I can think of of actual like poison candy was I think the father actually just gave his he poured a pixie stick out and put arsenic in it yeah. and gave oh, it to his kid. Yeah. yeah. To collect insurance. Yeah. yeah. I forgot uh, his name. I think we covered this also in our superstitions episode because it is a huge superstition. Yeah, I think we did a little yeah. I think we did both, yeah. I mean, I do investigate my children's candy. Um I mean I make sure like when I was a kid, I, I made sure, sure anything that closed. was opened, yeah. I threw it away. I didn't eat any handmade stuff. Like we used to have a neighbor growing up who would make homemade popcorn balls mm-hmm. and mom wouldn't let us eat them. Yeah, and we had a neighbor that hand out apples. Yeah. Um, you Ew. couldn't eat those apples. Like after you cut an apple, it goes like well, they brown cut. within they a like, couple hours. They were uh, like whole apples. Yeah. Um, oh God. I'm surprised they didn't end up with more broken windows every year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <yeah>. Eat healthy. <laughs> Fuck you. But I mean, I go through our kids candy to make sure everything's sealed up and all of that. And, and then, to collect the candy tax. <laughs> and you got to teach your kids about how the economy works. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, one for you, five for me. This is how taxes work. Every <laughs> yeah. dollar you spend. Let's see. <laughs> I'm going to need 30% of this candy for federal funds. And then another 10% for state funds. And then, oh, do you want to retire one day? Let me give me some of that for your 401k. <laughs> <laughs> like, I hope you don't get sick. Because oh. here's your insurance premiums. <laughs> yeah. Which don't count towards any co-pays. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and... Oh, look. Now you have a Kit Kat bar. <laughs> Yay. Oh, but before you eat it, you got to break off one piece and give me the other one because you got to pay sales tax. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is life. <laughs> Summed up with Halloween Taxes. candy. <laughs> Somehow the government makes more money for me than I do for my 40 hours a week. <laughs> Yay. I don't get this. But yeah. I mean,. I also don't take my kids any place that I don't trust either. Yeah, you know, 
Yeah. If, if I ever, like, anytime I've ever gotten like a shady feeling about a house, we just Skip keep it. going. Yeah. You know, like. Huh. That's why Amy's never been in a horror movie. Hmm. This <laughs> house is creepy. Let's just go to the next one instead of walk through the chainsaws <laughs> hanging off the window. <laughs> oh, where's your sense of adventure? Come on. <laughs> Let's split up, gang. <laughs> row, row. Yeah. Now, see, the spooky houses I'm going to go to. <laughs> well, see, that's why it's okay. But it's the houses that, you know, there's like 15 cars parked in the backyard with, on, on the grass and unkempt lawns. And you're like. Yeah. The ones in horror movies. Yeah, yes, it is. Well, apparently, watching horror movies growing up prepared me for trick or treat night. (laughs) And I'm paranoid. Like I avoid like the churches and things because I could see some religious zeal lot doing something like this. (laughs) Drink the Kool Aid. Drink the Kool Aid to further the superstition. Kind of like people that make up like Bigfoot hoaxes and stuff like that. There have been times that I've taken the kids trick or treating and they're handing out punch or lemonade i'm like no i'm good like i, I it's sad that i feel that way well, I mean, but it's just like not even for the people doing it to me it's a drink is something easily anyone could spike yeah walking up to the house and just you know taking their attention one way and yeah whoosh, yeah getting getting roofied while you're trick-or-treating oh. um but i mean oh where's my kidney my favorite ones are the ones that hand out things to the adults while the kids are trick-or-treating. Uh, in fact, there was a video um, from last year for the social distance trick-or-treating where they put a zip line from their front door and they had two spots for beers and then they attach candy to the sides of it. And I'm like, I want somebody to hand out beer while I'm trick-or-treating with my kids. That's exactly what I want. That would be awesome. <laughs> I wouldn't even have kids and I'd be going <laughs> trick-or-treating again. I don't even drink that much. Chad would be like running up there like, hey, can I borrow your kid for five seconds? And then you come up there and you're like... I'm just going to be waiting by the house and every time someone walks up with the kid, I'd be like, hang on a second. You guys, go ahead. Now, can I use him and we go back? <laughs> cool, okay. Trick-or-treat. <laughs> Thanks. Haven't I seen you before? Didn't you have a daughter a minute ago? Nope, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm part of a quintuplet. Didn't I already <laughs> roofie you later? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm feeling. Can I have another one? I'm really thirsty. <laughs> My luck, though, they'd be shooting down Miller lights, and I'd be like, mm. picky, like, picky. Couldn't picky. you have like at least gone up for the bud, like <laughs> pumpkin spice ale? <laughs> Better than like a bush light. Uh, or, uh, I don't know. Miller is just it's the champagne of beers, oh. you know. The stuff no one wants to drink. <laughs> now, you throw me a, a Corona or a Takati, then all right. I'm not going to lie. I've been becoming a basic white bitch. Um, I have become a big fan of the seltzers. Oh, yes. The flavored TV static. Hmm. hmm. Flavored hairspray? TV static. Okay. <laughs> I mean, not that you can taste TV static, but just think of what it is. Oh, there's a taste to it. <laughs> the best way to put it. It's like drinking TV static while someone yell, yells a flavor. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like pulling an Afghan blanket out of the dryer or something. Yeah, you, you can, can taste, taste it. it. Yeah. That's kind of how it tastes. So but you're a White I, Claw man, huh? I don't have to do White Claw. Mm. The Topo Chico one's good. Uh, there's a Sonic Seltzer. That's, they have a Cherry Limeade one that's pretty good. An Ocean Water one's okay. Um, the Bud Light Seltzers I'm not a fan of. Corona has some seltzers. I haven't tried the Corona ones. And yet. Barefoot has some seltzers too. 
But I have a friend who that's all he drinks is White Claws, and I got, I, got adjusted to drinking them. But the refreshing is what I like about them. Because beer, you can drink beer after beer after beer, and you're still like feeling dehydrated. Yeah. You drink a couple White Claws, and you're feeling refreshed as you're drinking them, which is kind of nice. I've never had a flavored <sighs> seltzer. But it's because you explained it to me like a LaCroix. And I've had <laughs> LaCroix. And that is flavored hairspray. And so, to me, an alcohol-flavored hairspray sounds worse than just flavored hairspray. This picture. <laughs> Strawberry! <laughs> It's about oh, how it <laughs> is, it, is it that exotic of flavors, or is it more like cucumber? No, they got mowed grass. <laughs> the white claws, my favorite, actually, and I hate grapefruit, but the grapefruit one is really good. Is it uh, yeah. raspberry ones? Probably my favorite because I love raspberry flavored stuff. I next weekend I will bring, I will pick up a, like a six pack and we'll, we'll try them. some white claws. All right, I, I will try one, um, but yeah. What are we talking about next week? I don't remember. Next week is horror video games. Oh, that's horror right. Video I games. Horror video games. Horror video games. So GTA. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, horror. Oh. Yes, that's right. Because I did start going through the list of ones, and they had a lot of on there that I was like, I never thought of that as a horror video game, but yeah, I guess yeah. it is. I was looking through my Xbox Game Pass thing on my computer. Going, okay, that one's okay. That's a horror movie or horror game. That's a horror one. That's a horror one. That could be, I guess. Yeah, like it, it had like, um, oh, now I'm drawing a blank. Every time she tried to think of something, Amy drew a blank. blank. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, se- a movie series that there's also a video game about. Resident Evil? No. Silent Hill? No. Uh, no, it's not. Friday the 13th? It's not something you would think of as horror, but they had it listed as a horror video game. Um, Honey I want Toy Story. I want to say Lord of the Rings, oh. but it it's something like that. It's like a like a trilogy or something. I, I don't think it's Lord of the Rings. Dark Crystal. Although Lord of the Rings, the the original Xbox one that you had, yeah, that one had some creepy parts in it. Like yeah. when the the horsemen are chasing you down. Yeah, yeah. Those are some scary scary parts. Um, but yeah, we'll be talking about that next week. So get your lists out. See if we come up with the same set of scary video games. I've played quite a few that I would throw in there. Yeah. Um, I was downloading one today, but it crashed my computer. So Dave's I been playing a new it. one here lately. Oh. Uh-huh. Predator. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was gonna download. I was downloading State of Decay, and my computer crashed. I so. forget that's a horror movie. It's more of a sci-fi movie, but. But yeah, there's that. That's what we got coming next week. Um, we, we got the whole month of October figured out. Um, oh, yeah. I did have a change to swing by you guys. We can talk about it later. Okay. Possibly. Anyway, but that's going to do it for our haunted origins. Were you guys spookied? I'm all spooked up. Well, especially since you talked about Devic dolls. <laughs> Devic dolls. <laughs> I live about 90% of my life haunted. Yeah. <laughs> I live in my own head. Yeah, it's scary. Scary as place I live in his head too. <laughs> but that's gonna do it. Be sure to go and check out our brother and sister podcast with the green po- green with the green mushroom podcast network. We've got Luxicult, Smuts Up, Faith Blind Council, Administrism, 
and ad hoc history. And also, don't forget to check out Grognostics, Primordia, and XV Planis. Not part of the network, but still super awesome podcast that you need to go and listen to. Um, Occult Confessions. Yes, that's another very, great one. Very good. It's with um, Dr. and Persef- Doctor and Professor Rob C. Thompson. Yes, that's a great one. Um, also, don't go forget to go to our website at umpnormalcy.com. There you can check out some merchandise. I am getting ready to start making some merchandise and mm-hmm. some items to sell. Yeah, I'll be putting them on our Facebook group and our website once I get some of them up and going. I've got lots of projects in my head. Um, I have to get them from my head to physical form. You can do it. Um, I believe in you. But once I start doing that, I will start posting it. Um, Pop sockets were the most recent thing I made. I'm in a test run. I've got a few of them out to some people to try and make sure that everything is... I'm I'm doing quality tests right now. Quality control right now. Yeah, on those. Pop Um, sockets. um, (laughs) my My first attempt failed. So I am now on attempt two. So we're going to test it out, see how it works. And those will be going up. Probably the first thing to go up will be the pop sockets. Um, pop socket. <laughs> but yes, I've got lots of things in my head. So be, be looking for those things. Um, if you have any I- episode ideas, any of your own spooky stories or interesting stories, they don't even have to be scary. It could be something that you saw sometime that was just interesting um i know we've been talking to somebody on our discord who's been camping a couple of times and been seeing something really strange up in the trees yeah and it's could really be equidama <gasps> Ooh, we hadn't talked about those before so it could be but um yeah join our discord and you can sit and talk to us and we can discuss things and try to help figure out what things are are or just shoot the shit and talk about the weather yep. politics. So there's a couple no. voice channels on there. <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you're playing games and you want to hop on and talk to anyone, and I'm I'm on Discord about every day. Whether or not I'm paying attention to, it's a different thing. My phone but, leaves me logged in a lot. Yeah. So it says that I'm there. I leave it I leave it logged on when I'm playing games and stuff and then I just I need to remember to hop into a channel just so people can join me. But speaking of, we've been <clears> talking about doing a horror game night. Um, <laughs> where we all get online and we play some horror video game together on the Discord and chat with people and play. Um, if you would be interested in doing something with that, hit us up on the Discord, the Facebook group, or Instagram. Um, you can find us all at UMP Normalcy on those. Um, again, our Facebook Live we will be doing on Halloween night. Uh, we'll do some divination, some ghost box. Who knows what we'll have planned by then. Um we got some time to plan our plan our evening that night. Um, don't forget to check out Parabox Monthly. You can use the description that you can use the link that is in this description or on our website under our affiliates page. Um, use that link and enter promo code Paranormalcy at checkout and get 10% off your order. Also, since it's Halloween season, if you go to our website and under affiliates, you will see a link for HalloweenCostumes.com. 
if you use that link and purchase things from the website, we will get a percentage of the sales, um, which will just help us out on our end. Um, they have some awesome Halloween costumes there, but they also have awesome decor. And if you're like me, you can never get enough Halloween decor. And it's awesome. I also They also have like awesome Christmas sweaters. Like there's a Cthulhu Christmas sweater. Oh, and like yeah. there are some awesome things. That's where I got my Ouija board uh, sweater. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They've got some awesome stuff. I, it's pretty good quality. Like everything I've gotten from there before has been really good quality, which is sometimes kind of hard to find with like the Halloween sites and stores. So go check out HalloweenCostumes.com, but use the link. I will put the link in the description of this show, but I'll also it's on our website. Um, so do your Halloween shopping through Unearthing Paranormalcy's link and help us out a little bit. Um, but there's so much more there on that website. I just love their site. I can, I, I, this is a site that I go to all year long because I'm always planning for Halloween. You know, November 1st is the first day to start planning for the next Halloween. That's just oh, yeah. what that is. It's <laughs> so, like 90% off oh, sales. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. This year I'm planning on hitting it up to buy costumes for our son because he's all into dress up right now and wants to be superheroes all the time. And he has worn out his Spider-Man oh. costume. So my plan is to, after Halloween this year, go and buy up a bunch of superhero costumes. That is freaking genius. <laughs> but anyway, thank you guys for listening. We love you so much. We appreciate you. Um, share us with your friends, your family, your neighbors. If you don't like us and for some reason you sat through the entire, entire episode, share us, with those, share us with those you don't like because um, maybe they will like us. And until next time, keep digging. Unearthing Paranormalcy is a part of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. To hear more great independent productions like the one you just listened to, visit our catalog at tgmpodcastnetwork.com.